Hey, I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in a soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah, you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash artcast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. You ready, big girl? Yeah, I'm ready, Toe Jam. Alright, let's do this. Come on. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another episode of Arcast Mini. This is Arcast Mini number twenty, and uh, it, you know it's a, it's a very special one because we are welcoming here the creator of Toe Jam and Earl himself, Greg Johnson. So, how's it going there, Greg? What's up? What's up? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at listen to him. It's like he's back in the groove. Ooh, see what they did? Yeah, I know yeah. it's <laughs> as if <laughs> how Greg got his groove back. <laughs> but yeah, guys, as you guys know, uh, Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove is now available digitally on Switch, Xbox. One, PlayStation 4, and Steam coming out this May through limited run games in physical form for PS4 and Switch. So all sorts of excitement going into this game, and we thought we'd have Greg come on the show. We've talked to him in the past with interviews, but now we're talking with him live on the show. We're uh, discussing the success of the Toe Jam and Earl franchise, the, obviously the return of the franchise as well, as well as uh, just basically the franchise in general, because I mean, Let's be honest, there's not every franchise out there that has hip-hop aliens trying to find ship parts and running from Sienna and a Paul Blart look-alike, you know? So we, we got to talk about it. It's not too common. Not, not, not very common at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, congratulations, Greg, to you and your team. Finally, the game has come out. Uh, it's been a long journey. I remember back when the campaign began, I believe in 2015. Uh, on Kickstarter, and now it's a reality, and people are really jamming to this game, if you will. Yeah. It's really cool. How's it feel? That's right. You were there from the beginning, Robert, I think, mm-hmm. right? And, um, yep. I sure was. Yeah, that's right. It, actually, you know, when we actually started in uh, 2014, um, almost a year before we released on Kickstarter was when me and Jeff mm-hmm. Price started kind of noodling and playing with ideas. We were actually gonna do it in unreal at first and we spent a few months with that and then we switched over to unity and um yeah and then really made the decision to go for the kickstarter thing once we had uh some stuff built and kind of our confidence up a little bit so yeah it's been a long road man this uh 
even with a franchise that you would think like this has some real history and a fan base and has a good shot right at um, success. You never know for sure, but you would think this would be an easy road, but it's, it's not the game industry. Indie game development is just, um, it's just rough. It's like every month you can see about a month out and wonder if you're going to make it and survive. And uh, it always takes like two or three times as long as you expect, even if you've, <laughs> even if you doubled your estimates to begin with. So it's been, um, it's been a little crazy, but yeah, we're finally there. Finally. Um, well, even when you think you're there, you're not there. <laughs> right. <yeah>. Right. We <laughs> were a bit further basically is, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We released and then we got a flood of, bugs we knew we'd get some but oh my gosh you know now we're scrambling to get um our network bugs fixed we're pretty solid you know on pc and mac um but um you know on consoles with network play it's um it's just tricky it's complex and sure yeah. so now we still you know we're we're scrambling to get um and we've got to get everything fixed and get solid and we're out um all over the world in all these different countries and all these languages on all these platforms. And we've got um, two engineers, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> we're a tiny, tiny team. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I saw, there was a nursing job listing I saw today, uh, Matthew Kahn, uh, who's on your team is, I believe the, one of the producers. Yeah. Um, he put out something on Facebook saying, Hey, we're hiring an engineer. If y'all want to apply. And he, he drew like this picture of what was it? Toe jam sitting on top of an Earl horse or something. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was an interesting way to apply, but you'd be like, how can you not work for them with that kind of image? Right. That, that's the greatest image in the world. <laughs> but it, it's just been a great journey here, but let's, let's go back in the time machine a little bit. Let's, sure. let's talk about how the original game came about, because obviously there has been a lot of fascination with the original Genesis game. It's still mm -hmm. considered by many, including myself as a cult classic. How were you able to get that game on the board um, for the Sega Genesis? Was Sega looking for ideas and you just pitched it to them? Or how did it come about? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So first keep in mind, this was, what, 20 uh, Oh, yeah. So if you, don't have all the, if you don't have all the details, <laughs> so, that's fine. No, no. <laughs> I forgot what I did this morning, so I understand. <laughs> right. I remember some of the basics, but I'll, I'll do my best here. We, um, yeah, so me and Mark Vorsanger, I'm sure everybody uh, who's heard any of this, uh, me ramble before, knows that it was me and Mark uh, were the two that did the original games together. It was just the two of us. And um, we, uh, I came up with the idea, um, it was after I'd come off of some kind of intense projects doing Starflight 1 and Starflight 2, and this seemed like it was going to let me and Mark blow off some steam and just kind of have some fun. So that's kind of why the game is so crazy and um, random and musical and cooperative because we was, just wanted to have a good time and, uh, and laugh and play uh, as we were building. So that's, that's where the genesis of the idea kind of started. And then we took it to Sega um, we didn't really think about going anywhere else. Actually, they were sort of the new kids on the block and the obvious choice and not far from us in the Bay Area. And um, I can't remember what our connection was, like who hooked us up with uh, the folks at Sega. But it was a fellow named Hugh Bowen who we met with, who was an exec there. And, and then our first producer named Scott Burfield 
And so we pitched the game to Hugh and Scott and me and Mark went in there. We had some sketches of the characters and I waved my arms around and talked about, um, you know, this crazy backwards upside down roguelike game where you're going up instead of down in levels and it's all upside down. And even in theme, the earthlings are, you know, the bad guys instead of the good guys. And you're the aliens who are just overcome by how crazy and insane this planet is and you just want to get away and i sat on the floor with all of these three by five cards and put them together to show how the terrain tiles would fit together with a random terrain generator and we talked about the music and the funk and um and really didn't expect it to land well we knew we were really outside the box and it was kind of a long shot and we were both I remember walking out of that office with Mark, <laughs> looking at each other, laughing and going, wow, Hugh actually liked it. Like, <laughs> 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 what just happened? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind of bizarre, but really nice. You know, um, they, uh, Hugh and Scott laughed a lot and thought it was, would be really good for Sega. And I'm sure you've heard the story, too, that there was a time not too long after that when we actually thought we were going to be um, Sega's mascot characters, right? Mm, that's right, yeah. I mean, it was in like a lot of like the uh, like advertising at the time, I believe, right? I, I'm not sure that... They, they never specifically um, uh, touted us as their mascot characters, although they did put us on the box, the Genesis box, and we did get mm -hmm. a lot of good exposure. And um, so we... You know, I think I think they were on the level when they said to us that they were contemplating that and trying to make it happen within the company. And we got all hopeful and excited. You know, it was our first uh, console game. And we had both been making games already at that point for about 10 years. Uh, um, but even so, um, it was, well, not 10 years, maybe more like seven or eight years. But um even so, we were young, and it was super exciting and uh, and a little disappointing. Well, more than a little, but disappointing when, um, you know, we got word uh, that there was another new kid on the block, and we'd never heard of it before, you know. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, you mean? Or? Yeah, angry mm. blue <laughs> little. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's getting his, his, his own movie instead of a Toe Jammer and Earl movie. Like, you know, yeah. I, I figure, like, you know, that, like their time has to come eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when hopes, you know, um, <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl has been optioned by Hollywood now. Um, different movie studios, uh, what, like four times? It was Universal and then uh, Nickelodeon and then DreamWorks and one other smaller studio I can't remember the name of. But um, Hollywood's just, you know, it's all hopes and dreams and, uh, and uh, lots and lots of hoops to jump through and luck of timing and who's mm. attached to what and you know, jungle really it to is, like navigate yeah yeah it's not like sonic's got the greatest treatment anyway we've been seeing images of like his upcoming movie and people think he looks like something like a, an energy drink mascot yeah <laughs> oh, something like that so yeah i mean it, i mean not that we've seen it in action i mean we're, we're not ones to make judgment but it is interesting but yeah 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 right it's big money you just never you, you don't ha necessarily have a lot of control. Like the people that did Sonic probably had to sign off control over to the studio and oh, for they sure. just yeah. cross their fingers and hope they'll like what comes out. Yeah. 
Um, but with like Toe Jam and Earl, at least with like the uh, with like the first game, uh, there was like a lot of influence I know, like uh, from like the uh, from the game Rogue, which is basically like, where, where the term roguelike comes from. Like when we, whenever you hear about roguelike games out there, um, so I, I was kind of curious, like from uh, from your experience there, Greg, as far as like um, you know. How much did you kind of like take from Rogue as far as like creating Toe Jam and Earl, and also like where the I guess like the concept of creating these like hip hop aliens basically came from? Yeah, it's funny you say influence, like as in I totally ripped off Rogue, which I did. <laughs> quote unquote influenced. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean it is it is Rogue under the hood. If you you even look at a lot of the characters in Toe Jam and Earl, and they're straight up. Um, you know, functionally speaking, things that were in Rogue, there was a character like the, I don't remember what they were now, the hula dancer that, that made you um, uh, stop moving and uh, right. kind of get stuck. There was another character that was like the mole that would take away your spells. and Oh, the thief, right? That would take your mm-hmm. spells or your scrolls. And, um, and then I just kind of took that idea and ran with it and came up with a bunch of characters that had uh, you know, just sort of messed with you in different ways, aside from just doing damage to you. And like I said, flipped it upside down. So you were going uh, up instead of down, allowed you to fall off of levels. That was kind of a new thing. The split screen was kind of a new thing um, and making it cooperative. And then, of course, obviously the whole thematic side of it, like you said, with the aliens and the funk music and the satirical humor and so a lot of people see see that it's hard to see past that and don't really see rogue underneath it but as soon as you sort of squint your eyes and put on those special glasses that let mm-hmm. you the rose tinted uh, glasses yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> see past everything that's in in the way you go oh look at that there's that's that's completely rogue right under mm-hmm. under there under <laughs> that's the hood. so rogue yes <laughs> yeah so rogue right and it was in the days too you know um and when we started this, which was like in 89, and um, that was before anyone had ever said the words roguelike. You know, that just mm-hmm. didn't exist, that concept. Um, so uh, I'd say we were definitely one of the very first to start that genre. So I'm kind of, you know, happy to say that because it's a worthy genre. You know, it's, it continues to this day to be one of my favorite styles of play. And uh, I was obsessed with it in college uh, I, I many many nights when i should have been sleeping or studying i was up <laughs> you know till the wee hours playing that game i guess it was like hallmark tours making your own game then at that point so <laughs> yeah and not to mention the fact the randomly generated levels because i think back in the 90s this wasn't exactly a common feature in games either I guess so. I mean, it was certainly um, a core feature of Rogue. Uh, so I'm, I, I can't claim to have originated that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't get picked up as much as you would really expect. Um, I mean, back in those days, it was all like um, side scrollers. And, you know, for some good reason, though, like it was tile based games on those old consoles. And um, it did take a little bit of thinking to figure out how to do random generation with tiles and um, not, you know, not total rocket science, of course, but it was, um, it was enough to, I think, keep a lot of developers from trying to go there and they just did the obvious thing and created fixed levels that scrolled. That was the, that was seemed to be what the tech of those days was really good at doing. 
Yeah. So and um, so even though like there was uh, you know there was like this, this you know this love for Rogue and like what like Rogue kind of like stood for from like a gameplay standpoint in creating the first game, uh, obviously Panic on Funkotron was like a very different beast like entirely. Uh, even though like it had like its fair share of like success from from what I gather as well. Um, but like, can you get into like a little bit of I guess like the story on like why there was like that big transition uh, going to Panic on Funkotron? Yeah, sure. I'm sure a lot of people have heard this, but it, um, I'll, I'll give you the short version. It's um, it's pretty simple. You know, we got um, into the phase where the game was released, game number one, and um, it was just off to a really slow start. Um, people didn't really get the game. The reviews were kind of mixed, and Sega and Sega's marketing department was uh, concerned. You know, they're like, hmm. We think it's, we don't know how to really sell this game. People don't seem to understand it. Um, would you guys be willing to uh, stop what you're doing? Because we were at that point, we're three to four months into already building the sequel based on the original game. You know, we had it up and running and we're running around on levels with, uh, you know, snow and ice and swamps and going into caves and buildings and stuff like that. We had a bunch of new features we'd already built. And they said, would you mind switching in? We think we'll do a much better job of selling uh, the game if you can do a fast-paced side-scroller with bigger characters and more action. And they were all very friendly. Um, We all all felt like we were working together, but we were, you know, a little bit confused about uh, how we could do justice to the idea of ToeJam & Earl. And so... uh, we said to them, well, hmm, let us think about that for a while and see if we can come up with some ideas that would still let us keep the spirit of this game alive because we didn't want to completely leave behind what made ToeJam & Earl ToeJam & Earl. Um, right, the spirit of the game entirely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we did that and we started brainstorming and coming up with some ideas with, um, you know, capturing the earthlings in the jars and... Um, find doing exploration on a side-scrolling, uh, you know, environment with uh, bushes and trees and uh, houses and lots and lots of secret places that you could find and how we would deal with uh, two big characters on the s- same screen without splitting the screen. And we came up with that idea of them basically pushing the sides of the screen when they were would go in opposite directions. I don't know if you remember that, but Earl always won if you were trying to do that (laughs) he had the weight um you know or if you fell off the top or bottom of the screen then um you would just we just teleport you back onto the screen and it all seemed to work it started to kind of come together and um we talked to kirk henderson our artist about visualizing um funkatron and he started doing some sketches and we started getting really excited about the idea of storytelling um in that environment because then we could have really show their home planet and show all their characters and friends and um you know and all of a sudden the the kind of the confusing negative started to become like an exciting positive so we went back to sega and said okay we're ready let's let's do it we just basically shelved all the work we had done and um we hired a really really bright young guy uh straight out of school from uh, stanford he just got his degree in industrial design his name is evan wells he's now um these days he runs uh, naughty dog and um oh, okay nice. yeah evan he's the head of that studio he's like he's done so well and he's such a great guy he he sat next to me and um it was really the three of us me and evan and mark that did panic and 
we had a blast, you know, that was really fun too. But unfortunately it, it confused our fans who, right. you know, understandably you now hindsight is always For so sure. clear. So I'm I'm really curious and just as like a quick follow up, um, like how much of that original sequel that you guys were creating, like the like three or four months of like um, of like development, um, how much did that go into back in the groove? Like especially since this, you know, this was like basically the return of that original uh, gameplay formula. None of it really. I mean, I guess we have snow and ice now. Um, yeah. And um, we had other ideas like we were going to have. Uh, I remember we were talking about giving Toe Jam and Earl a pet. Uh, and that was something, a little dog, and that was something that made a, a revival for Toe Jam and Roll 3. We almost got into that game, too, and we had uh, Wei Huang, our artist, had done designs for us, really cute little robotic dog with a light bulb on its head, and um, that never made it into the game. That, again, didn't make it into this game either, but if we... You know, if we continue on to um, build out this game some more, which is one possibility if things go really well, then um, there's a list of things, you know, that would be fun to consider putting in. And that's probably on the list somewhere. And speaking of Toe Jam and Earl 3, um, let's get into that a little bit, because this reunited you guys with Sega years later to do the the franchise on the original Xbox. But now it was taking the action kind of... I mean, it was always in 3D because of the way it was set up, but this was like an actual living, breathing 3D like true world. 3D, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, that must have been a big step up for you in terms of development and possible challenges when it came to incorporating Toe Jam and Earl into a bigger world. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I mean, again, this was um, 1999 when we started on that project, and... That was when 3D was, you know, just kind of becoming big and um, and we were shooting for the Dreamcast and they really wanted to show off the capabilities of the machine. And really, in those days, that's how you did it. You know, again, in retrospect now, and I look at uh, the, you know, videos and screenshots of that game and I think it really wasn't the right or best way to bring back the property and to give people that full-on sense of nostalgia that I think people want and of reliving those sort of glory days of playing the game a game one um, it sort of took it too far out on a different branch and so now I'm kind of glad that that game never really um, took took its place as the sequel to game one because it left that wide open for us to do that now but yeah that was the that was part of what I think didn't really fit so well. And then on top of that, we had planned to do um, a truer sequel to the to game one with the stacked levels and the permadeath and uh, all of the, you know, roguelike uh, feel of game one. And then um, you've probably heard this too, but like eight months or so before we were due to ship the folks from Visual Concepts who were Sega's rep representatives at the time uh, came to us and said, hey, um, we want you to make a bunch of changes. We're concerned that it's too old school where you're headed. And um, here's what we'd like. You know, we want a hub structure, no more level structure. And we want bosses and mini games and keys and unlockables and cinematic sequences and all the modern amenities basically to like yeah to to like modernize the game i guess in that sense yeah yeah in those days right what was modern in fact um they put um i think it was donkey kong country on my desk and said 
here, play this. We want you to play this till all the way through. And this is what we want. This is what's selling. <laughs> make right this, now. make this. Right? Essentially, essentially, <laughs> yeah. Is it made yet? Is it made yet? It's yeah. Made yeah. Yet. <laughs> you know, once again, right. Same kind of similar story to uh, game two where, uh, we said, okay, we'll do our best, you know, and try right. to keep the spirit of it. And um, and then on top of that, we were also told, you know, we want you to age it up. This is going to go out to the Xbox first. And um, we, we are concerned that's a hardcore gamer audience. So, you know, make sure that it's kind of edgy and pushes the boundaries a little bit um, of like the PG stuff for that audience. And um, that again took Toe Jammer a little bit outside of its comfort zone, you know, um, and I think made some of our fans. We did put a naughty and nice setting in there, so you could actually go in and turn it from naughty down to nice, and uh, you wouldn't hear jokes like you know about Toe Jam's third leg, or uh, oh, you know, right. you would you know they would say like trick a damn treat and stuff like that, and we right. would filter all that stuff out. But a lot of people didn't even. I never noticed that that was there. And anyway, we got dinged for a bunch of things on that game and some I agree with some I don't, but you know, I'm glad things worked out the way they did. Like I said, you know, it gave us a, a chance to really take another solid swing at it now at a time when I think retro is big and when we could get enough distance from it that we could really swing back around and do it, do it the way it should be done. Just kind of curious then, uh, do you feel like a 3D Toe Jam and Earl could work if I guess you were given like more control over how, you know, everything uh, kind, of, you know, kind of like works in that game? I think so, you know, but that's partly because now um, there's a lot of really good uh, rendering engines out there for 3D that can make it look um, like not 3D or a lot of interesting artistic approaches that can be taken within the world of 3D that didn't exist back in those days. And so, uh, you know, like uh, Nino Kuni, for example, the way they did that in 3D with their cartoon rendering, but it's, it's beautiful and it's, um, I could see something like that maybe, um, or some variation that uh, used 3D in a unique way. That would make sense too, like with like Back in the Grooves art style. Like I could, I could certainly see that as far as like the vision of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I certainly wouldn't want to do uh, a redo of what we did on game three though. on that look, I, that was just, you know, that was kind of a product of the times. Right. What was the point that you decided it's finally the perfect time to bring back toe jam and Earl? Like I know that uh, the team was already working on other stuff. I think Doki Doki universe came to mind there and it just, all of a sudden the idea just popped in, you know what toe jam and Earl should make a comeback. What was the point where you said it like that? Yeah, well, um, you know, I had been trying to uh, get a new Toe Jam and Earl game going for a while. Every every few years when I was between projects, I would try pitching it. Um, I had actually pitched it to Sony uh, before Doki Doki Universe, and we almost uh, went down that road. They were actually um, really excited about, uh, about Toe Jam and Earl, but we ended up not doing that. Before that, I had um, pitched, um, I guess, when was that? That was like in 2007, I pitched a DS title uh, of Toe Jam and Earl. And I remember taking it to Sega and Ubisoft and EA. And I had a concept doc for how it would work on the DS. Didn't manage to get that off the ground. Before that, that's 2005, I pitched uh, to Turner 
to do a downloadable game that was called uh, Ratmaster Rocket that was sort of like a, you know, mini games with the rocket ship and kind of musical rhythm game. And there was a mini game with uh, in the hot tub that was kind of this fun conversational mini game. With, um, so was, was it kind of like an extension of that like rhythm based like mini game that was in um, that's in back of the groove? Um, sort of. It, you weren't standing on the ground, though. You were in the Ratmaster rocket ship and you were sort of swinging back and forth, picking up presents and dodging stuff as you were um, okay. playing to the beats. Uh, but, you know, it was effectively the same kind of game mechanic. Uh, so that's all just to say I had been trying to um, get a Toji Mineral game off the ground for quite a while. But um, prior to like 2015... Um, funding was always through publishers. So it meant um, going to them to pitch and convince them that the property uh, still had life in it and um, that it would be profitable. Um, So the real factor that made it possible, I guess, was crowdfunding and the fact that, you know, there was a big retro movement. Lots of other old properties were coming back and our fans started saying, hey, guys, where is ToeJam & Earl? And um, why don't you just do it on your own? Um, <laughs> and, right. And that was exciting. But we, were, we weren't sure because I had been told so many times already that the property was dead, that there wasn't enough interest out there for the publishers to want to fund it. And so I wasn't sure um, what, what we would find. And Kickstarter seemed like it was going to be a good uh, litmus test. And then the thing that kind of pushed me over the edge was um, an article that appeared just kind of this coincidental timing, right? As I was really trying to decide, should we or shouldn't we? And this article came out in uh, GameSpot um, by Tom McShay titled, uh, We Need a New Toe Jam and Earl Game as Soon as Possible. That was, a, <laughs> wow, that was the okay. actual title. I looked, Somebody from my office <laughs> brought that in and put it on my desk. And I was like, hmm, okay. That's the sign I was looking for. I mean, that's that's like a call to action if I if I ever heard one, honestly. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Light shone in through my window onto the page of that, and um, there's like a big spotlight shining in this house with the word jamming, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Hallelujah. You know. I, yeah. And there's an there's another factor to consider here too. Toe Jam and Earl and Panic on Funkatron actually got digital re-releases that came out, I believe, in 2012 for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. That's so right. that might have helped boost a little bit of the popularity as well. I mean, it, it is great to see the original, original properties get some love like that. In fact, they're also included in the uh, Sega Genesis Classics game that mm. came out last right. year mm-hmm. as well. So, so it, it's great to see that exposure still come around, but I'm sure those digital releases, a lot of people are like, say, where are Toe Jam and Earl? <laughs> where are those funky aliens right now? <laughs> <laughs> with with like back in the groove as well, um, like there there was like a bit of like news that broke out not too long ago uh, in regards to Macaulay Culkin uh, from Home Alone mm-hmm. fame um, signing on basically as like you know to be like part of the game or like to kind of like help like with, with the game in some fashion. Uh, so from you, Greg, I'm kind of curious, uh, how did that I guess like marriage kind of come about with Toe Jam and Earl and Macaulay Culkin and what exactly was his like involvement I guess with the uh, with the game oh yeah well um you know you're always hoping that um famous celebrities will happen to have played or love your game and uh it's hard to know when that happens the only experience I had prior to this was um back in the days when 
um, Nintendo, I'm sorry, um, Nickelodeon had um, licensed the game. Um, the fellow there at Nick uh, told me that um, Jack Black was on some movie shoot for them. Um, oh, dang, what was that one where he was the wrestler, uh, you know, from oh, Mexico? Um, yeah, like the Mexican wrestler. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I f- yeah, I forget the name of it, but I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah. He, anyway, he... Um, uh, he had mentioned that he loved Hojaminerol, and they had me send a bunch of uh, paraphernalia, sign it, and send it to him. Um, so, but after that, I had you know hadn't heard anything until somebody told me that uh, Macaulay Culkin had tweeted a picture of himself on um, the night of the Academy Awards in his tux, saying, "This is what I'm doing instead of uh, going to the Grammys." And he uh, and it showed him playing Jam and Earl. And, um, that was, that was a really fun moment, really, a uh, nice surprise. And so, you know, wasn't sure how to reach out to Macaulay, but, uh, we, uh, took a chance and sent him a note on Reddit and he got right back to us. And then after that, they, we arranged a phone call and, um, I was talking with, uh, a bunch of his crew, you know, um, um, these three guys, uh, and one of them, we'd been talking for about half an hour chatting, and one of them uh, was named Mac. And I had said to them, so um, when will I get to, you know, meet Macaulay and chat with him? And there was silence. And then Mac was like, uh, that's me. Um, I'm the Home Alone guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the good yeah. son. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know he likes to go by Mac as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I was like, "Oh, Mac. Mac is Macaulay." <laughs> no. Oh, that Mac. Oh. So oh, when can no. I talk to Kevin? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when are we when are we making the level in which we trap burglars? Can you let me know? Right. <laughs> just set up traps and just yeah, we'll do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I was even telling, uh, like, like honestly, like I, I was even telling Robert this, like how it would make sense if you had Kevin from Home Alone in Toe Jam and Earl because of the presence, and you could use presence as like traps and use the traps from Home Alone, and it would just make sense, you know. <laughs> it, yeah. it totally would. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Well, we'll see what comes up with DLC down the road. Yeah, you, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. That's I'll right. expect uh, my royalty check in the mail. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, pick, okay. you, picked up a, you picked up a perfect time to pick him up, especially after that angry video game nerds Home Alone episode. That, That's that was right. Perfect timing. I'll tell and you he was right wearing now. the shirt there, too. Was, yeah. yeah, he even, yeah. He even brought him a that cheese was pizza. so awesome. Yeah, so he and uh, his friend Stu and his brother Kieran um, uh, came up to our office and... They stayed over for, they were going to just um, come up for the weekend. They actually stayed an extra day because we were having so much fun. And we just played uh, the new game and played the old games and played the Toe Jam and Earl board game, which uh, I had made by hand back in the 90s and still have in a oh, box. Wow. And nice. we just had a blast. And they were so fun. And uh, all three of them were just so crazy. And they, um, it's, it was surprising how much uh, the three of them had played Toe Jam and Earl, the original games, like way more than I ever had and knew <laughs> all the details that things that I didn't even know, all these bugs and weird things that they had discovered. Um, yeah, so it was fun. They were total, um, total enthusiasts and experts and they picked up the new game in a flash and it was pretty clear, uh, you know, that we were going to like continue our relationship together at that point. We just weren't sure quite what and then as things time went on um macaulay just kept 
expressing interest in wanting to um, support us with ideas and financially as our producer. And um, and we did we ended up putting stuff in the game too. Like um, there's a they were talking about how they had always wished um, tomatoes could like <laughs> kill each other. They wanted to like. Uh, you know, really, oh, have friendly like, fire, basically. Or? Yeah, have friendly <laughs> fire, right? And so um, we put in, a, you know, we have these power hats in the game, and we added a bunny ears hat that um, now, when you wear that, uh, that your tomatoes all of a sudden hurt the other players, and it becomes very dangerous. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I could see that like spinning off into like its own mode in a sense, like where you're in a race with the other player to get all the uh, all the space parts, basically. And oh my gets god! All the space parts first wins. You know. Hold on, hold on. Toe yeah. Jam and Earl Battle Royale. We've got it. Yeah, there- <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it, but there you go. Hundred al- aliens with tomatoes and tra- and traps. Perfect. Yeah. Are you okay. listening now, Sega? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> But yeah, that's oh, another actually really good idea. Okay. I, yeah, well, just remember who your friends notes. are there, Greg. There you go. The royalty checks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still got to get a 2XL shirt my size. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it, it's been a long road for Toe Jam and Earl to come back. But over the past few years, you know, you've been making appearances at PAX events and other different events. Uh, you've got a party coming up here pretty soon for the fans as well. Along the way, you've been partnered with Adult Swim Games for a little while, and they helped you out as well. And it's yeah. just been a, a wild journey. But now, you know, the game's out. you got high marks from the likes of Polygon and Destructoid. David loves your game. Mm-hmm. I love your game. Yeah, yeah <laughs> NintendoEnthusiast.com. And, uh, you know, I'm still playing through it, but I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. But, I mean, I know you're still nervous about, like, the road ahead and fixing bugs and seeing if we can add some Home Alone DLC or whatever. But you you must be thrilled that about the reception that you're getting with these people loving Toe Jam and Earl. I I am, you know, the bottom line for me is really that it would be what the fans wanted because that's really what motivated this one. So, um, you know, of course, it'll be great if um, if the game does well financially, um, we're still, you know, when you make an indie game, you get into a financial hole. We're still kind of digging our way out of that and paying off some debt. And um, and then there's some people that invested in the game and they they got to make their money back and so we're still kind of holding our breath hoping that it sells well enough to at least get us there and hopefully get us to a point where we can do more with the property and um do dlc and do you know four player local on consoles for example is something we'd love to be able to do or um you know a list of other things but but yes like even just what we've seen so far where um it's been um the word from the fans and that's as opposed to most of the reviewers have loved it there's been a few reviewers who just like the original game was sort of like deja vu who like didn't really get it right right um it's funny but the fans have been just across the board um really happy with what we've delivered and and feel like um we were true to their memories and to the spirit of the game and um and even usually exceeded their expectations so and they are very forgiving, too, when it comes to bugs. I think these days most people know that, um, you know, when you go out the door, it's hard to go out completely clean and that patches are coming and bug fixes are coming. And um, and they've even been um, part of that process in sort of helping feed us with um, 
bugs. Even, you know, all the YouTube videos that we see have been so helpful for debugging because you can watch exactly what happened. Uh, you know, it's like video <laughs> testing. So yeah. um, that's been QA. helpful. <laughs> that's yeah, <laughs> it, really, it really is. So um, anyway, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I am really, really, um, I feel really satisfied that we hit that most important spot. And I'm, yeah. Very cool. Well, I mean, at the very least, it seems like you made the, um, you know, like the sequel, the true sequel that you really wanted to make in yeah. the end. And, uh, and, and since like the fans are really enjoying it, that's that's really kind of like the big testament, I feel like, in, in that regard. And, um, it, you know, it also helps, too. That's been getting like a lot of good word, too, from like a lot of, um, a lot of like reviews online and like all that stuff. Um, so like I'm really happy for you, Greg. Uh, I'm really glad that you know that the game is like back to like where you know to you know to where its roots are, and people are loving it. And uh, honestly, like I'm really hoping um, you know that it continues to do well, uh, especially because I would really honestly you know honest to goodness, just because you know, and, and this is like especially true because I didn't grow up with Toad Jam and Earl. I didn't you know I didn't have a Genesis growing up as a kid or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would really really love to see like a TV series based on Toad Jam and Earl. I think it would do really really well. And for that matter, I would really like to cosplay as Earl at one of these events. I mean, no one's stopping you, Robert. What's up, Toe Jam? What's going on? Well, I can be Toe Jam then in that case. (laughs) Yeah, we just need to paint you red or whatever. There you go, yeah. Get the hat and and all that. Yeah. But as a special bonus here, guys, I also have an additional Steam code for Toe Jam and Earl, so one of you will be able to play it tonight. Uh, And here's that code. This is, again, for Steam. It is P4QKIZ3QKZ. XK044. That is for Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove on Steam and enjoy. And again, Very if you nice. want to experience the original games, be sure to also check out Sega Genesis Classics. I believe it's on Steam, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. So if you want to see where it all began, that's, that's where right. You go. That's yep. right. And we have an album. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. To, we, I don't know. I don't actually know if, how many we have left. It's at thefunkatronshop.com. That's where you can go to get Toe Jam and Earl merchandise. And we Cody Wright, who is just a phenomenal, phenomenal bass player and guitar player. He did all of the music for uh, us like live, along with Nick Stubblefield, who did keyboards, and Burke Trishman, who did the audio engineering. And it's a fantastic um, soundtrack. So if you're into Very that cool. old school funk. Yeah, Absolutely. And um, you also have uh, something going on during GDC too, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um Yeah, it's on uh, Thursday night of GDC, which I think is the 21st, and it's in Milpitas. There's a, um, it's a fan-run event at a movie theater. They're going to have Toe Jam and Earl, uh, the new game, up on the big screen and lots of um, game stations set up, and we'll have some merchandise there and giving away stuff, and I'll be there to answer questions. It's, you, to get the details, um, you can just go to our Facebook page, Toe Jam and Earl, um, on uh, the official Toe Jam and Earl page on Facebook, and we have that posted there with the, the details. Very cool. And um, where else can people like find you and Toe Jam and Earl online? Oh gosh, um, that's a good question. We have uh, well, we're on Twitter, of course, um, just Toe Jam and Earl, and um, just everywhere, I guess. You yeah. Know, right? <laughs> uh, we, the, Matt Kahn and uh, Nathan Shorts have been doing a great job. They've been the two who've been sort of leading the charge with our community management and, you know, uh, Twitter and Reddit and um, and uh, right all here. All the social fact, media yeah, stuff, basically, the, yeah. Yeah, just Google back in the groove. I mean, it'll all come up there. 
There you go. There you easy go. Very to, cool. Easy to find. Yeah. Absolutely. But th- thanks for coming on. This has been just a really great history lesson. Just like walking back into the past with Toe Jam and Earl, learning little bits and pieces there and talking about Macaulay Culkin's involvement and, you know, the game finally coming out. I mean, it's just been a pleasure yeah. to be on. And it's always fun to see at events too. Be like, hey, how's it going, Robert? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So true. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's my pleasure, guys. Yeah, 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 it was our pleasure. And um, yeah, so if you know, if you want to uh, follow the Artcast, uh, you know, it is at Art Podcast on Twitter. Uh, same thing for Facebook, facebook.com slash Art Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at The Guilty Man. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at twitter.com slash The DCD. And you can also uh, check out my work at mmogames.com and maroonersrock.com. Please be sure to check out our partner site, Don't Feed the Gamers, at don'tfeedthegamers.com. That's run by our good friend Liana Rupper, where her and the team there give fan-centric news and reviews in gaming. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at rcasts.retrozap.com. And be sure to check out RetroZap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts, especially of the Star Wars variety. There's the flagship show Brews and Blasters, along with Kanata's Castle and Starship Sabres and Scoundrels. There's also Beltway Bonthas, which combines both Star Wars and politics, so if you're of both minds, it's definitely the show for you. And there's also the Animaniacs, if you're an Animaniacs fan. The Deucecast, for all you movie buffs out there. And the Techno Retrodads, if you're to a variety of old-school stuff. There's also us with our cast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another Retro Gaming Podcast. And yeah, that is it for our latest Ardcast Mini. Until next time, keep it retro. And if you do shine a spotlight on Greg Johnson's house, make sure it's not of a giant tomato. Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you got bunny ears, then maybe you have some leeway, but still, it might not That's be the right. best idea. Yeah. You know, buy the giant spotlight, be like, hey, look, it's Robert. And he's dressed like Earl for some reason. I don't know what to Jamming. Jamming. What's up, big girl? That's me. I'm gonna take a nap. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> check out toe jam and earl back in a groove it is out now and it is jamming indeed catch you guys later This is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally at the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out.